Hello Instagram, hello people, it's good to be here. Uh, my name's Mike, as you know, because this is on my Instagram feed. This is my lovely wife Jenny, this is my lovely friend Tom, one of the interns we have here at Encounter Church, we love her, and we are actually going to redo our entire relationship uh, sermon on marriage via Q&A, via live Q&A, so luckily because it was a Q&A, we can keep riffing as we did before. We would love your questions, we would love yep. your input. Sometimes uh, when there's lemons in life, like say, for example, if a podcast didn't record, you can make lemonade and do an Instagram live feed and uh, answer some of your questions live. So hopefully this is fun and engaging. Um, hopefully I don't say anything that I'm not meant to because it's live and we can't delete it. That's true. That's true. She did on the podcast ah! and I think that's why it was deleted. We don't know for sure that's not the case. Accident. Accident. Accident, they say. So good but, um, accident. Tommy, do you want to just launch into it for us? Well, what do we pray? We'll pray to start with. Just to say, God, we're so grateful for you. We know that uh, you are in all things, you're in all our relationships, and that the center of our relationships is a relationship with you. And so we just pray in Jesus' name that as we have this conversation, it's something that blesses people, reaches people, and connects with people mm. for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How did you guys meet? Tell us the story and how you guys yeah. met. Well, we had seen each other at church before, mm. but the first time we actually met was at a bar on Goodger Street yeah. in the city, um, and it wasn't exactly love at first sight. Fair to say. Yeah. Fair to say um, that. Yep. I actually walked away thinking that Mike was a bit of a jerk. No, you thought I was a sleazebag. Yeah, fairness. I thought you were a sleazebag. Yeah, yep. yeah, come on. Let's get our descriptors right. <laughs> and I thought you were an ice queen. Yeah. Yeah. So I had just broken up with someone and um, I thought Mike was hitting on me. And so I was just like, who is this idiot? Like, what's he doing? Yep. And I knew that Jen had just broken up with someone. So I was just trying to be nice and encouraging and affirming. And she was just cold and aloof. But here we are. Here we are. The ice cream got better. Melted, got it got a lot better. Into my, into yep. my arms. And then you fell in love. Fell in love. Fell in love. Your words, but yeah. <laughs> we are in love. We are in love. Of course we're in love. Yes. 12 years so, later. So then what do you guys love about each other? Isn't 12 Years a Slave the name of a movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That's one of the things you love about me. Um, what do we love about each other? So um, I... I, I, I should have to think. Right, let, me, let me do a cheat answer, okay. which is I, I love that we ask each other that question. But yeah. We actually did that. Uh, we went out for dinner for our anniversary, which was on Sunday. And um, and after Sunday church, we went out for dinner and we were asking each other that question. What do we love about you? And one of the things I love about Jenny is you pursue God wholeheartedly and passionately. And that's the center of your life. But also you you live passionately. Everything about you is passionate. you you are you just run headlong at stuff, and I love that about you. You got a crazy laugh. I love that about you. You were just got to hear it a second ago. You, that's right. That's oh, that was part of it. It goes it gets bigger than that. But um, you are a great mum, an incredible wife, you an incredible friend. You love people really, mm. really well, uh, and you're just not afraid. I think. I mean, I know, I know you are. Sometimes, I'm afraid of spiders. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. Yes, she's afraid <laughs> of spiders. Um, all spiders. But the you're not afraid in situations where most people would be afraid to step into something, step into something new. I don't even know how to follow that. I mean, you could just say something nice about me. <laughs> that'd be a great start. <laughs> All right. Um, no, uh, one of the things I most love about Michael here um, is just how 
much he gives of himself for others. Like I think you always are giving for your family and for the church, for God, um, for your friends. You know, like you're the first person to say, yep, I'll jump in and help someone move, you know, whenever you can. Or, you know, I'll stay up till three in the morning, you know, working out what God is saying so you can preach the best message, you know. Or I'll give up my afternoon just so I can go out and play with the kids because that's what they need this week. Um, you're always putting people first. And I, it's one of the things I adore about you. And I love how much you push me and you champion me like you're always always making me go that one step further even if I don't want to or you know in a good way yeah um yeah that's just a couple of things I like lots of other stuff too thanks I like your beard thanks yeah mm. you, you don't like it when I shave it off it's itchy I'm gonna shave it for summer mm. it's an Instagram promise so good yeah so on the back of that question yeah what annoys you about each other the most can I go first? Yeah. Oh, why do I have some? You were so fast for annoyed. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, go on. Okay. Go on. Well, you, when he brushes his teeth, you have this hulking thing that you do. You like you hulk. I don't understand. Like, no, don't do it like you're laughing. It's gross. But I don't like that. And and if you take a coffee cup and the dishwasher is empty, you can put it in the dishwasher. Mm. I could. You definitely could. I could. I could. It's an option. Well, if only there were some things that frustrate me about you. Here's a list <laughs> I prepared earlier. <laughs> you never know where your phone is. Ever. <laughs> like literally five minutes before this cast, you're like, where's my phone? I don't know. And we found it quickly enough. But yeah, this is, this is the life I live. Uh, you're extremely good with money, yet somehow still you always leave the freaking lights on. Every light in the house when we go out. Every light. And when you turn it off, turn them off when we leave. You look at me as if you've just done something really that we should be deeply proud of. Like I should yeah. reward you. But that's it. Everything else is perfect. Cool. Um, and a question that we have here is, have you guys always served in church together at the same time? Oh, God. Or have there been times where one person takes a break for a few weeks while the other person continues? Mm. Yeah, I mean... The, I, I guess because we've had kids, there's, there's a very specific season. If you're a new mother, like you really can't be serving in church. It's just impractical. There's a few weeks there where you're just recovering. Yeah. Um, but no, there's never really been a time where one of us has said, I'm not serving in church for this period of time. That no, I can there was recall. one. Was yeah, it? Yeah, so I, when I had my kids, I didn't really stop one. serving because it's kind of just, I don't know. I, I love it. Yeah. I love serving God. Um, so I'll do it. In, I had to change the way I did stuff. Um, but yeah, I brought my yeah, kids yeah. along to youth ministry <clears throat> throughout the first two. Yeah. When they were born, growing up, they just got used to They were just part of that. But um, one thing I did do is when I had Noah, I realized that I couldn't take three kids along every single week. Um, and I just felt the Lord say, I want you to take a Sabbath. And so I actually obeyed God and I took six months of not serving um, I didn't say I wouldn't say I stopped serving altogether. Like that's, I don't think that's yeah, healthy. That's, that's um, I was always I always serve a little bit. Like mm. I was doing a few things here and there, and I'd always be around the place to help with events and like that. But specifically, the ministry that I was doing, youth ministry, yes. I felt the Lord say yes. take six months off, and it was actually fantastic because it was I was so yeah, I was I was able to be so intentional with ministry in the way I did life, and I was able to really focus in on what God wanted me again. Um, but it, mostly we've served together, mm. which has been awesome. Like I think if mm. couples can serve together, it's so you can encourage each other. You can sort through the problems together. One of the things we love is doing this church together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's one of the strengths of Encounter is that, you know, we've got both of our thoughts and opinions and different ideas and that's right. sometimes we butt heads, but you know, that's part of 
doing ministry as a couple, I think, a little mm. bit. Like, there's going to be a bit of that, and you've got to mm. work out whether you can handle that uh, before you go into ministry as a couple. Mm. For us as well, I think um, a pastoring encounter together now works because we worked some of those kinks out when yes. we were serving together earlier. Sure. So, I mean, if, if people do have aspirations to do this sort of thing and, and pastor a church or plant a church together, I would encourage you, start serving with with your spouse or, or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever the situation mm. is early. Uh, so we served in hospitality ministry together and then Jenny started heading up the team and I was life on that group. team. Um, what's that? We ran a life group together. Ran a life group together um, and, yeah, youth ministry. So... You know, when we were doing hospital, Jenny was heading that up. When we were doing youth ministry, I was heading that up. And we, we really had to work out how to lead from the second chair, I yeah. guess, mm. in different ways there as well. So, yeah, it's um, – I think the other part of that question that I heard, though, in that sense of is there ever a time to take time off serving, I would say not really. I would say turn down the volume sometimes. You need to know seasons when to pull it back. Mm. Uh, you need to – sometimes people are serving in multiple different areas and you might need to cut a couple out focus on one or, or even just you know if you're for example if you're I've, I've got friends who are lawyers they work 90 hour a week you know there's very limited time that they can give to serving but they still serve they just pick their spots yeah mm-hmm. so it's more about that i think stopping serving is unhealthy what do you do for fun with your spouse when you have zero money and being pastors Mm. We have zero money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what do you guys do for fun? It's great. That doesn't involve that. This is what we do. Because the Kmart pitches everybody. You don't need to spend a lot of money. You can go to Kmart. This Um, is it. We're doing it right now. We're doing it for fun. Oh, yeah. Instagram's free. I mean, they take you down, but it's free. Yeah. Oh, look, we, we do lots of things, hey. Like, if the weather's good, we'll, we'll do family stuff. We'll take the kids out and about. And Adelaide has got tons more stuff to do than we sometimes give it credit for. So, like, festival season in particular. Mm. Um, I've said before, but what we love to do is we'll go to the fringe and we'll just hang out in the garden. We'll just wander around and see what's going on. We often don't buy a ticket to a show because we can't always afford it. Occasionally we do, but mm. pretty rarely. So, usually we do that. Play a lot of board games. That's a big Christmas present gift in our house. Love mm-hmm. it. Love getting some board games. What's your favorite, what's your favorite board game? Oh, good time or right now? All time. Catan. Yeah, Settlers of Catan is unbelievable. Ticket to Ride would be mine. Yeah. Ticket to Ride, too. But I think we do things as well, like going, things like, it's easy, it's much easier in summer. You can go yeah. to the beach, um, you can go for walks, you know, you can go to the park. It's a lot easier in summer, I would say, than winter. Um, but, you know, just do find something that makes you happy and find ways to do that. So mm. if you love a wood fire, like one of my favourite things is yeah. going over to my friend Steph's house and sitting in front of a fire, a wood fire, you know, yeah. that's not, I mean, it's not free, I guess you've got to pay for the wood, but although I think hers is gas. Anyway, but it is, you know, like hanging yeah. out with friends, stuff like that, that you yeah, can do, yeah. you know, you don't have to do date nights on your own all the time. That's right. I, th- I think that's kind of unhealthy too. Like it's healthy to have date nights, but you don't want to just do date nights. How often, how often would you guys do a date night then? Weekly. We have one. Okay, let's be honest. We're both live here. We we are booked. We have a Wednesday night booked in as a date night every week. Okay. Um, but it doesn't always happen. But then we do try and do if we don't get one on a Wednesday night, we might try and do one another time during the week. So I'd probably say I'd I'd love to say we did it every week, but I would say probably average every fortnight at the at the at the worst. I think we need. I think we do average out one a week. But um, sometimes we do two, and sometimes we do none. So we went on a date on Sunday night and Monday this week. We've been on two dates. Two we did. Oh, we nice. went to the movies on Monday and we went out for dinner Sunday night. Well, there you go. I'm doing one on Saturday, so... Maybe we just go out for so many dates that it's become just integrated into your life because that's the kind of romantic heart I am. So good. Yeah. 
Uh, two questions that will kind of follow up on each other. Yeah. Is do you guys read the Bible together? That's a good question. The answer is actually no. We don't really read the Bible together. I mean, we do um, on intern day. Uh, we read the Bible together. Oh, my. Um, but what we do do is we will discuss things that we've come across in our own personal uh, de- devotion time. So both of us will read our Bible every day. Um, big on journaling. We're both big, big on journaling. Yep. Love the journaling and um, spending time with God. And so we'll, we'll come to each other with questions about the Bible. And, you know, I'll come to Mike and say, I don't understand this. Or he'll say, I've just had this revelation. And we'll talk about it in that way. But probably our style of reading the Bible is different and journaling is different. So we don't necessarily read yep. it together. We do do devotions with the kids every day. Um, so, you know, essentially that I guess we read the Bible with them, um, teaching them to read the Bible. So important. when you talk about the kids and reading, how does that look like for a parent? trying to put devotions in for a child. Mm. That's a really good question. Yeah, yeah, Here's one I prepared yeah. earlier. So we actually uh, were fortunate enough to win via Instagram, would you believe, Louis Giglio's indescribable devotional book, uh, which is excellent. And so what, it's a devotional book about God and science. So it's engaging our kids with science. It's engaging their spirits as well. And so that's been great. So we've been plugging through that week after week. That's one of the ways we do devotions together. A lot of the way we do it, though, is by trying to integrate faith and life together as much as possible. Mm. So we have conversations around the table about a day. We ask where God's been present in it. Yep. We say grace, like I guess a lot of Christian families do. Um, we integrate the Lord's Prayer. is something my kids have learned since they were basically old enough to talk. And that's something we take turns in sharing, um, just praying over their days. And uh, our eldest grace now is a pretty frequent part of our prayer nights. And it's really grown her in her walk mm. with God. And we just uh, walk with them in their own devotions as well. I mean, I think we could do that better, frankly. But it is something we encourage. We go, okay, here's, here's your Bible. Let's teach you how to read it. Yeah. And I guess if you've got kids under five, the other thing that we did that a lot of parents would do is reading Bible stories to them. Uh, yeah. Kids' Bibles as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. cool. Um, so on the flip side of that, from reading the Bible, yeah. how often do you guys pray together? More frequently, that's for sure. Yeah. But... We, we talked about this on Sunday. It's not something we necessarily structure into our days. Yep. It's more so something that is, is a natural part of our life. So we are, we're praying constantly. Micro prayers here, micro prayers there. And then more serious prayers in our life. So often at night time, um, these conversations that Jenny talked about, where we'll be talking about scripture or we're talking about our day, and something comes up and sometimes we'll just pause and go, actually, we need to pray. Let's pray. Let's pray together right now. Mm. Uh, and sometimes it'll be the start of a day and one of us will have something in particular. We're like, actually, let's pray into this day ahead of time, just asking God to bless it and speak into it. And I think prayer has just is become a part of our life. It's, it's a yeah. staple and it's a part of our family. Like our kids will automatically, something will hurt in their body and they'll just say, automatically they'll say, oh, mom, can you pray for that? Yep. Can we pray for that? And, you know, and a lot of the time I say, fine, no worries, can you pray for that? Or if I've got, yes. if I've got a pain, I'll say, hey, kids, can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually had a beautiful thing happened a couple of weeks ago and I was just really stressed out and I, I think it was in the morning before we went to school and um, Grace just yells out to her and I wasn't feeling well and Grace just yells out to her brothers, you know, no, Charlie, come on, we need to go and pray for mum. And I just thought that's just because, you know, we haven't done anything fancy with them. We just we just pray with them every day. Like talking to God is a normal thing yeah. and we try and make them see that, that it's mm. not something you have to put aside an hour of every day. I mean, you can, if you do that, that's awesome and please do that. But if you don't have the time for that and, and you're just living your life, live it. With God in sure. in all of that and everything yeah. you do. And then it just it just seeps out. It becomes part of who you are. And, and that is conscious, that normalizing prayer, normalizing Bible reading as part of who they are, part of their lives. 
Because mm-hmm. I found that with our older two in particular already, they're conscious of the fact that it's countercultural for them to do that. Yep. They're conscious of the fact that their friends don't all read the Bible, they don't pray, and they might even think it's strange. Uh, so my seven-year-old son said that to me. He's like, oh, it's a, some people think I'm weird for reading the Bible. I was like, okay, well, what do you think? And we, so we started engaging with that. And he's actually engaging, with, with his conflict point, he's engaging deeper into God's, uh, his own personal relationship with God because of this. Yeah. So it's just taking lemons and turning them into lemonade, but being really intentional about that all the time. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, so a question that we had on Sunday, uh, great question, spoke real wise into it, um, was... When tr- when trust has been lost in a relationship, yeah, how do you get how do you get it back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really hard. Um, I, th- I think th- there is this this leans into theology of forgiveness a little bit, and the need to the need to really consciously choose to forgive. I think that's part of the earning trust process. Um, one of the things I talked about on Sunday was how as Christians we somehow have acted as if forgive and forget is part of our lexicon. Um, but I think forgive and remember is more accurate. And the reason is if it's forgive and forget, we forget what Jesus has done for us. Uh, but we need to remember in order to hold on to that forgiveness even more strongly. So that's really critical, I think. Forgive and remember. Now, let's not remember because you want to hold someone's pain or past hurt over their head. You can't operate that way. Mm. So you've got to be able to forgive them, but there's also got to be a degree from that other person where they show they are consciously trying to move forward. They are constantly, consciously growing. They're consciously becoming a a more well-rounded, um, more thoughtful believer or, or spouse or, or partner. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Do you want to speak into that? I think, I think as well, it's something like... I think learning to forgive people is really hard when someone's really hurt you. But I think as well, remembering that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean allowing them to hurt you in the same way again. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think if someone's showing you that they're not showing any kind of signs, like they are yeah. want to be, not want to be forgiven, but they want to be different, um, then that's a big tell sign for me. Like I would be wanting to know that actually you're wanting to change. Like maybe are you willing to go and get help? Like my, my question would be, look, I can forgive you and I can I can learn to trust you again, but to, for me to do that with you, I need to see you going to get some help or going to um, sort this out because just to say, oh, I'll be fine now isn't okay. Mm. Like when you've really broken someone's trust, you need to re-earn that yes. again by showing that you're willing to actually change. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, uh, you know, as has been said, the best indicator for future behaviour is past behaviour. So you need, you need to actually show people uh, in order to earn that trust back. So from one side, there's a lot to do with forgiveness. But remembering from the other side, it's an action point of I will grow. I will show you how I've changed. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So then how do you know that the person that you're with is the one that you're supposed to marry? Yeah. Okay, so my short answer to this is uh, the spouse you're supposed to marry is the spouse you've got. So if you're married, that's the spouse you're supposed to be with. That's the really short answer. Um, the longer answer is, you know, let's presume this is a pre-marriage situation. You, you need to ask God. Like you need to pray and ask God. I mean, you start by going, okay, does this person have the qualities that God is calling me to have? Uh, if I'm a Christian, are they a Christian? Uh, we didn't delve into this quite as much on Sunday, but this is actually important. This is something that's that's scriptural. God unpacks this and says, don't be unequally yoked. That is, 
have the same beliefs as the person you're with. And this isn't just a scriptural idea. If that's not your cup of tea, it's also a psychological idea. Uh, psychologists will tell you that it's wiser, basically, if you're a Hindu, to be with a Hindu because what your life is built around is the same thing. You're going in the same, same direction, which means same direction, same trajectory. You're not moving further apart the further you go on in life. So that's important. Yeah. Um, I've now totally lost my train of thought. Jenny, you, over to you. How do you know the person that you're with? So like in a relationship? Whether they're the one? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, okay. I think lots of prayer too, like yeah. praying, God, is this the right person? If not, like show me that kind of thing. Because you know what? Marriage is a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love it, but it's a really long time. Um, and so <laughs> make sure you marry the right person. And I did marry the right person. Did you? Yes, I Great. did. Great. Jurist. Um, yeah, that's what jail sentence. <laughs> Sorry, that's what my mum says. Um, Why do people say that? <laughs> like, can just we just stop joking for a second? I'm so glad I'm married to you. I'm so glad I'm married to you too. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm sick of these jokes. Like, get longer for a jail sentence. I I say them too. No cracks it. Thanks for it. The king. Okay, I know when to stop talking, and I'll just stay here. Perch no, up good. there. No. The okay. King. All right. But in all seriousness, it's a long time. And you want to, like, you think people go, oh, I've got to rush into marriage. Like, I'm 22, I'm 23, I've got to get married. And it's like, well, actually, you've got, like, 80 years with this person. Yeah. Like, make sure they're the right person. And if you don't know if they're the right person or not, wait and find that out. Like, you don't have to rush into marriage. Yeah. Divorce is messy, especially when it comes with you've got kids and things like that. Like, you don't, nobody goes into a marriage wanting a divorce. That's right. Um, but I think some people do go into a marriage knowing this isn't the right person that I'm meant to marry. But they, they are almost trick themselves into believing that they're that, that this is the only one whether well, i don't think that's true i think yeah. you know i think pray about I'm it the one yeah, yeah. you know yeah. rather than going oh because i'm so desperate to get married straight away that i need to get married now yeah whether i think no i think wait and make sure this is the right person and if you think it is the right person pray and let god confirm that god confirmed that for both mike and yes. i mm. you know we prayed about it and yeah. god gave us individual things about this being the right person and, and i'm so glad he did because there has been times where you know, it's gotten tough. And I'm not saying I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to marry her, but it gets tough. For and, sure, for sure. You know, and I, I'm glad that I know that we were called together. Yeah. Like it's helped in those times. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, just to push that even further, um, it, it would be incredibly embarrassing and painful to break up with someone you've been with for a very long time or to someone you're engaged to. But it is less embarrassing, less painful, less messy than coming into a covenant with God, with that person under God, and saying, this is the rest of my life, and then breaking up with them. This is the stuff you do want to work out before you get married. And so... And I think one of the things as well, like at Encounter, we call ourselves a future-focused church. That's right. Um, and so... When we say that, what we mean is that, you know, your past has happened, but your future yes. has not yet. Yes. And so if you are in that stage where, you know, you have been married and you've gotten a divorce um, and, you know, you try, I, I would look at your future, you know, and I would, I, you know, like Mike said, you, you remember your past because you remember yeah. those things so that we don't yeah. necessarily make the same mistakes. But God has a future for you, 100%. a future for your relationships and a future for your future marriage again, you know, if that's where God wants you. And I think um, just not to think that just because that's how your life was, that that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Because that's not the God that we serve. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Your past doesn't have to define you. Yeah. Mm. So then, just quickly, are you guys able to quickly just talk in, what does the Bible actually say about divorce? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, again, we touched on this stuff on Sunday. Uh, this is probably, I think, 
you could argue is the most contentious issue in the Bible yeah. uh, in terms of how we receive it. However, the teaching is actually really clear. The Bible is against divorce. Um, there, there's one particular case where the Bible says, yep, yep, divorce is totally acceptable here, and that's adultery. Uh, and then the way Jesus speaks into adultery really, you know, really, really raises some questions because Jesus ups the bar for all of us and then fulfills it, um, calls his own shot. What a guy. But uh, in terms of the teaching about divorce, it's really clear. Um, in, in Deuteronomy and in Exodus, you hear some of the teaching about how Moses has given permission for men to request a certificate of divorce. That, that was how it went back then. Uh, but when the religious leaders brought this to Jesus in the gospel time, um, he, he spoke into it and he said, look, Moses gave you this because you were hard of heart, not because divorce was a good thing, but because you, you had hard hearts. Again, future-focused church stuff. This is not about if you're somebody who's been through divorce or your family's been through that. That does not have to define you, and in no way we do we condemn you. But mm. this this is the biblical teaching on it. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard and fast. Mm. Um, do you want to speak into some of that? Just our thoughts about abuse, though. Yeah, I mean, I Mike and I, I get, made a decision when we got married that we were making a covenant under God and that we were, divorce wasn't just going to even enter our vocabulary. Like yeah. It just was a decision that we just made that, you know. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, yeah. I am very, very a big believer that if you're in an abusive relationship, that I don't think God wants you to stay necessarily um, in that relationship, in that hurt. Like I think that, I, I don't necessarily think that even if that happened in our relationship, I, I wouldn't divorce you, but I would most definitely um Possibly separate myself from you for a little while for you to be able to work that out. And, and because I don't think it's you, healthy. You get into a safe space. Yes. Like there, there's a yes. safety aspect there too. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think there's 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 something about um, people need to work through that. Like yeah. that's not something that you just. Yeah, it's it's it's. I just think if you're in that relationship, you're in that space. Please get out. Like that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay to stay in a space where you're being um, physically abused. Yes. I think that's really important. Um, but I do believe in redemption. Yeah. I do believe that God can redeem anything and any relationship and any Including body. adultery. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, but it would take a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort yes. on both sides, but in particularly the person that's hurt yes. the other person, and it would take a lot of external counselling. And I would say external counselling is so good for marriages, Yeah, so important for relationships. So if, you, if Mike and I marry you, one of the things we'll do is we'll do marriage counselling with you, and most pastors will. Um. And that's really important because it helps you work out what um, what could be the problem times in your marriage and things like that. Um, but it also just helps you start to work through uh, who you are as a person, who you are as a couple. Mm-hmm. And so over our marriage, Mike and I have been to marriage counselling at different times mm-hmm. and it's been really helpful for us. Yep. There's been times that we've gone proactively where our marriage has been pretty good and we just, you know, we just want to make sure that we stay on the same page, especially going into big seasons. Um, and there's been other times where things have been going rubbish. And so we've gone and sought out somebody else who can help yeah. us work that out together. So yeah. that, that one, is that a Christian counselling, marriage counselling? Yeah. Or just, are we talking a broad view of just marriage counselling? Look, I think if you're a Christian, I think Christian marriage counselling, um, yeah. definitely, because I think they can do little things like, they can speak into the Christian relationship and the um, threefold cord. I believe they can... Um, pray with you, you know, that kind of thing. So we definitely saw a Christian counsellor um, and he was really helpful and he understood Mike's role as a pastor as well Yeah. at that stage. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's preferable. Uh, I, I think if, if your marriage is in real trouble, 
and you need to see somebody. Just see somebody. And if they're not Christian, that's okay. The difference is that um, if you're not seeing a Christian counsellor and your marriage is in real trouble, there's a very big chance the counsellor might say, well, you need to think about divorce. Whereas if it's a Christian counsellor, even if your marriage is in big trouble, hopefully they will say something more along the lines of, well, presuming that divorce is off the table, there are some big steps you need to take to go forward here. Mm. Uh, mm. And I guess that's the real difference. But like, honestly, it, it, you don't have to go to a Christian counsellor. You can still get some very wise counsel mm. from somebody who is, who is not a Christian, of course. Mm. God mm. gives grace to everybody. Common grace. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, a question from the Flopsy Bunnies. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. My, my favourite kids book Instagram account. So good. Yeah. Uh, she wants to know, what can I do about my husband chewing, chewing noises? Uh, not a lot, Flopsy Bunny. I have been <laughs> married for 12 years. Not a lot. Uh, look, I think... Really, with something like that, you've got to put the good against the bad. You've got to recognise, let's say, hypothetically, he was incredibly handsome, talented, buff, um, buff as anything. Can sing. Doesn't make chewing noises okay. Can sing. sing. Can play guitar. Yeah. Uh, he's basically a modern-day Don Juan. The world's nicest guy. Yeah. Very yeah. smart. Very close. Yeah. Very smart. you just got to balance all those together and realise you're a lucky lady. Good with the bad. <laughs> Same goes for you. <laughs> So good. Everything she I just said. So gross. Except though. the guitar thing. <laughs> uh, she says, yep, he's all those things. Yeah. yeah. So she agrees with us. That's great. That's good. That's good. And so are you. <laughs> Except again for the guitar thing. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a uh, saucy question. Oh. How do you guys keep the romance alive? Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, we've got three children, so um. So we send them out of the house. <laughs> we do, we time in the laundry. We do not do that, just to be clear. Am I allowed to talk about sex on this or not? Uh, no. Yeah, go for it. I don't, whatever. Well, like sex gets better with age. Yeah. And with marriage, I reckon. Yeah. And so you know. <laughs> Tom's leaving. <laughs> Tom's gone. The interns have left the building. Um. <laughs> Like, that's a good thing. Like, don't think just because you've been married for 12 years that pastors don't have... I heard someone say that once and I loved it. Like, don't you think pastors have sex too? Um, so we do. Just, this is how I keep do, it. No, Mike buys me flowers when it's not special occasions as well, which I like. Great. So I'll and randomly... And special occasions. But, like, yeah. I'll rent Not always on special occasions. Did I not buy you flowers for you anniversary? You did, but also because I was on stage. You can give it to me on stage. So, yeah, so, so what you're saying, what you're saying is your husband... Brought you flowers on stage on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's special. So special, in fact. I'd like to present you with these flowers right here, right <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alicia. Here's some flowers for you for our anniversary, sweetheart. They're really strong. To what romance is? Um, but no, you do little things like that. Do you know what? We will take time for each other to appreciate each other, to talk to each other, to listen to each other. And I think that helps keep romance alive. Yeah. Like going out on dates. Like go out on a date, sit across a table, put your phones away. Yeah, I'm not great. Um, and just talk to each other because I think, you know, you're only romantic with someone when you, like, you've got to know them and be interested in them and have a relationship with them. It doesn't just, you can't just all of a sudden literally bring her flowers on, val on Valentine's Day and go, yeah, I'm a romantic. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you and you just got to date them on purpose, right? Yeah. So, like, there'll, there'll be nights where your date night is Netflix and chill, and that's okay. But if you're... <laughs> uh, it's 
if you're married, if you're married, but if if you're a guy in particular, you, you're just going to be conscious. Like women don't, you know, don't necessarily just turn it on like a microwave. It's you've got to actually work up to it, and it, it's ridiculous to kind of expect mm. that anyway. So you got to date people on purpose. You got to think up innovative and creative ways to to show your spouse how much you love them. So I. I tend to try and keep all my good creativity for anniversaries, generally speaking. This past one notwithstanding. <laughs> but for our 10th anniversary, I used a lot of creativity, didn't I, love? Did. But I, I think the more you can show you love them through actions, I mean, yeah. this is what Jesus told us to do as well. This is how they would know that you love one another. And the other thing is, I was going to say, love languages. Serving mm. one another the way they like to be loved, not the way you like to be loved. Mm. So I might be a I'm, I'm more of a touchy feely person. I'm a hugger. Um, Jen, but Jen likes acts of service. She likes quality time. She just likes to be together. It kind of drives me nuts when she's telling me important things at ten thirty at night when my brain is switched off long ago. But I try and be as present as I can because it's important for you. Until you fall asleep. Until I fall asleep. Yeah, I think the last thing as well with that is is to actually pray for your your spouse. Yeah. Pray for them in particular, and I think that will help develop your relationship even more and the love the love that you have for that person even more. And also yeah. doing the dishes does helps too. Cool. Cool. So we've got a couple minutes left. Okay. And a broad view. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say about marriage? I, the, the Bible says it's for life. The Bible says it's under God. The Bible says that the spouse you're married to is the one you're meant to be married to. And I think... Importantly, um, one of the things we hear is that if you're, if you are, let's say you came to faith after you got married, and your spouse isn't a Christian, that can be a really difficult thing. But guess what? You're still called to be married to that person, and God says that by your actions, you can actually really set them up for an incredible win, and maybe even come to faith through your own faith. That's not the same as saying, "Oh, good, that means I can just date whoever I want." Again, that's not what scripture says. But yeah, these are these are important things we need to consider about marriage. And look, it's pretty consistent as well. I know sometimes the Bible can be accused of inconsistency in marriage, but actually a lot of the time, like say Old Testament polygamy is spoken against. You see that in the story of Jacob and Rachel and Leah, where it's clearly a source of tension and it's, it's a sort of discontent. And it also wasn't Jacob's aim. Uh, so a lot every time something like polygamy gets put up, it gets squashed. It gets put up as a pretty bad example. Yeah, yeah. I would say the Bible is more consistent on marriage than people think it is. Mm. Yeah, cool. That's good. Any last funny ones, Dan? Um, Any last questions from your heart, Tommy? What can we impart to your relationship? Um, what's the worst day idea Mike has ever had? Ooh. What's the worst thing? Probably haven't had any. Or is he, is he that, that good? No, no, he's not that good. I just come up with most of the day ideas. Um, <laughs> what's the worst one you've ever had? You come up with most of the day ideas? We'll talk about this on me. Um, or like the worst present or... Do you remember what presents you've given me? Oh, uh, one time, I, uh, so I specifically sent him an email with a link to a necklace that I wanted. Uh, this all I wanted for Mother's Day was this necklace with my three kids' names on it. I sent him the exact link weeks and weeks in advance. And then I got this lovely present on Mother's Day, which was great. <laughs> it was some magnets. 
They were. They had nice pictures on them, which yeah, is lovely. They're, they're but I asked for a specific necklace. I, I gave you, you the necklace. You got it for me years later, only because I sent you the email again <laughs> saying I want it this time. Don't screw it up. Did you forward it? Don't know for the old one. Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, look, I have sent to you this. I don't think day. you even wear that necklace. I don't wear it all that often, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love you. I love, love you, Instagram. I We're going to head off, I think. Is thanks thanks so much um, for listening. I reckon we are done. We're done. Right. Uh... We've also got two Christmas services coming up. 23rd of December at 4pm and 25th of December at 9.30am. If you are a visitor, we'd love to have you. You're so welcome. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to know how to do Christian things. Or We're very relaxed people here, uh, socks and all. So just come and be yourself. Come as you are. We'd love to have you at camp. Love mm. to see you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Adios.